Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a parenting podcast where you can detox from the world around you and get a window into how other people live their lives. Come detox with Detox. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and on this special edition of the podcast, I actually will be bringing to you a episode from my other podcast, After the Encore, where I interview blues musician, the Reverend Sean Amos, and talk to him about his latest album, Blue Sky. So the Reverend Sean Amos and I did a episode back in season one of After the Encore, where we explored his whole musical career and journey. He talked about a new album coming out. So I brought him back on After the Encore to talk about that. We're going to dive into that today. If you want to know more about After the Encore, go find it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Um, And I think you'll really enjoy it. Volume two or season two, This is the Voice, just dropped earlier this year. Um, And I think you're going to really dig it. It's a long podcast where we explore an artist's full life and career and talk about what music means to them. So it's really cool. But I'm extra excited to announce a new sponsor on the show. It is Snuffy. Snuffy is a clothing brand about empowering you to show your weird unapologetically with bravery and confidence. 10% of profit goes to LGBTQ plus organizations led by trans people of color. Shop online now at snuffy.co. That's snuffy, S-N-U-F-F-Y dot C-O. So now sit back, relax, and listen to this podcast episode from my other podcast, After the Encore. You're listening to After the Encore. I'm your host, Joe Shaw, and I am back. We are back. We are worshiping with the Rev himself. Rev, Sean Amos is back to let us know what is up with him. Rev, how are you doing today? I'm, uh, you know, I'm hanging in, hanging in and not out too much. Right. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, I'm really excited to have you back on as we were kind of chatting before hitting record. My hope for these type of Where Are They Now episodes is to continue the narrative thread from the volume that a specific artist was on. So for your case, you were the opening track for volume one, Stars at Night, where we highlighted different artists who were residing in Texas, claiming Texas artist residency at the time, and really highlighted your life in entertainment, your life in music career, your music transitioning into the blues, being deemed the Reverend. And now you have a new release as the Reverend Sean Amos in the Brotherhood with Blue Sky. And I really want to walk, I want you to walk us through the transition from being just the Reverend Sean Amos to now with the Brotherhood and what that has meant for you over uh, this last year. Well, thanks for having me back. First of all, man, it's, of uh, I enjoyed the last conversation and uh, I appreciate uh, picking up where we left off. Yes. Um, yeah, you know, I think I, I've been in Texas now for uh, coming up on two years and in July, it'll, it'll be two years. And, you know, I spent a, a lot of the time until really just after our conversation, um, pouting. Sure. It's how much I, I missed my you know, California home and sort of licking my wounds over sort of my, my circumstances. Uh, and I've uh, been doing some co-writing with my longtime guitarist, Dr. Roberts. And, um, you know, it came time to, to record. And my, my natural instinct was to 
you know, go back to LA and, and throw, you know, record where it's safe and, you know, familiar and secure. Right. Um, but I realized that, you know, recording here was, was an opportunity to sort of, you know, to dig in and, and to finally find a way to, to make this place, you know, my own, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, define it for myself in my own terms. Uh, and so, you know, the brotherhood, I guess, was, you know, born out of that. So, you know, I, I needed a, I mean, it's, it's literally brotherhood. I mean, it's, it's literally, you know, finding some, uh, being around people with whom I felt safe, with whom I feel safe, with whom I, who, you know, have my back, um, where I could explore um, some, you know, further corners of this music than I might otherwise, because I wasn't, um, you know, I, I was I was relieved of being a band leader, so to speak. I mean, sure. I guess I, you know, I'm technically the, the band leader, but I mean, it's, you know, with, with guys who just have, who've known me for a while, who know themselves, who have traveled similar road, you know, where, where the, um, you know, we all sort of share similar, you know, generational experience. Mm -hmm. um, it, it allowed a lot of freedom for me to, to make a kind of music that I, I wouldn't have made otherwise. Right. And what I love, correct me if I'm wrong, but you've worked with these artists before, specifically during your Kitchen Table Blues uh, run. Is that correct? Well, yes and no. I, I, Dr. Roberts, uh, my guitarist, he and I have mm. been together since nearly you know the first day I started you know, playing blues. Okay, he gotcha. Sad that he has sat it on every one of those Kitchen Table Blues <laughs> episodes. Um, Brady Blade, who plays drums in the Brotherhood, and uh, Christopher C.T. Thomas, who plays bass. Um, we, uh, I have an interesting relationship with them, and so the, the three of us, we actually played together on my um, first full-length blues album, which is Reverend Chianis Loves You, in 2015. Yep. And so we did play together that album, but um, it was a very different scenario. I mean, I came in one the, the, there was a couple covers on that album, so they weren't all original songs. Uh, I came in with a pretty clear-cut idea of you know what the songs were, what the arrangements were. Uh, so they were very much sort of you know hired guns you know and there were session players like any other sort of session gig where sure. it was far less sort of a, a collaborative experience um and then we went our separate ways you know we, we didn't see each other for for you know god till 20 i guess maybe late 2018 early 2019 uh so this is a whole different trip where you know we obviously the songs are coming in the studio uh, and they're all originals which is the first time i've done a blues album all original songs um but they're literally just these very loose sketches and um you know, the idea was for everyone to really, you know, contribute to what the recordings would sound like and contribute to what the arrangements would sound like. And, um, and that was a very different trip for me. I like that. And then the, so yeah, you are correct on the, on the last album you had, um, the Reverend Sean Amos, let me talk, uh, let me look at that. The Reverend Sean Amos breaks it down. You did have several mm -hmm. covers and we talked about that on the, on the last episode as well. So yeah, to really have the, the, a hundred percent original content on this album is huge. And then also I love the idea of bringing it into a collaborative space and you recorded that in Austin. Is that correct? Just outside of Austin. Just Wimbledon, outside of Austin. Uh, okay. Wimbledon, Texas. Uh, it's just, yeah, about 45 minutes South of Austin, in the Texas Hill country, which just really, it's really one of my favorite spots in Texas. And uh, that, that, that part of central Texas feels, you know, it kind of feels like California in a way. Yeah. I and mean, the, the rolling Hills and, um, it feels a lot like Northern California to me. I mean, that wasn't my motivation for going there. I've sure. never been to Wimberley before, but uh, I was sort of pleasantly surprised at sort of how you know, familiar it felt on a certain level. Like the vibe there is really, um, was, felt really um, sort of uh, like, oh, I've been here before. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but it was, it was a nice place for us to escape. I mean, there were no distractions, and we were literally you know, locked up in this place. And so we could really 
you know, go deep. It wasn't about, you know, at the end of the day, going to a you know, familiar friend's house or a bar, you know, running around town. You're sort of living and breathing it, you know, 24-7. Yeah. One of the things that I love about kind of getting away in general and especially getting away in the the Texas Hill Country because I'm a native Texan born and bred and I love the Hill Country. And for me, one of the best things I love about it is that sense of escape, right? So you're almost you're yeah. isol yeah, you're isolating yourself intentionally from a lot of distractions because of an intentional purpose. I think if you live there it's different, but I think when you're going there, you're going there for a purpose and the purpose is to really kind of close out a lot of these other distractions, really get in tune with yourself, with the people that you're with and whatever the project or goal is at the time, whether it's even just relaxing or in this case, collaborating on an artistic piece, it's huge. And I think I, 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 w- I want to know what that, how that setting an environment really contributed to your overall sense of, of this project and really getting it kind of just right. Yeah, it's true to say about Hill Country. I mean, you know, there's other places in Texas that are, you know, equally as, uh, I guess, you know, isolating. Um, but they, for me at least, they, they also feel sort of desolate. You know, there's sort of a desolation vibe to a lot of Texas. Yeah. Um, which is, um, and, and North Texas is frankly like that for me. I mean, the, the, the flatness yeah. um, of, of North Texas is, I mean, I'm still not fully used to it. It's just really disorienting to me. Right. Um, and, and, there's, and there's sort of this, um, I mean, there's there's a possibility in it in some, on some level, you know. It's sort of like, you know, it, this sort of like anything can happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but but it, for someone who comes from you know the coast and is used to you know a variety of like terrain, you know, the, the, the flatness of, of a lot of Texas is is really um, jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas you know that that the hill country is like there's something inviting about it. You know, it's something very welcoming about it, and it feels less foreboding, and it feels like a place where um, uh, it feels more like protective in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I guess, you know, I mean, even before, I would say even before the recording, I mean, you know, Texas is a big character in this album. I mean, it's, um, it couldn't help but be, and, and, and it's, um, you know, there, there, there's a sound to the album and so there's a lot of lyrical references, um, that are very much, uh, you know, about, Texas, and, and, I, and that's it's, I guess in some level it's an outsider's view of Texas. I wouldn't claim to be a Texan at this point, right? Um, and, and I certainly, I certainly still have a you know a love hate sort of relationship with it. Um, sure. You know, although I, I, I'm, I'm appreciating it, you know, I truly appreciate it now and in COVID. Right. <laughs> you know, I talk about like the, the social distancing that is naturally a part of a you know a big place like Texas is, is very a. Uh, I'm very happy about that. Right. <laughs> just, you know, living in yeah. New York City or something. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, but so I, even when I was writing, began writing these songs, I mean, there was, you know, Texas was sort of seeping in, you know, the, the big skies and the space and, and this, and the, this sort of idea of, you know, what, you know, it reinvention means and what individuality means and the responsibility that comes, you know, with reinvention and, and with sort of personal freedom. Right. Uh, the, the, a lot of that was infused, was sort of baked into the DNA of the songs before we even started recording. But once we got down to Wimberley, um, yeah, there's like, you know, it, it starts, there's, you know, there's like a ruggedness, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I hate to be cliche about it, but obviously, you know, Texas has that sort of ruggedness, ruggedness to it. And I'm not a rugged guy at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, and, but, you know, sort of trying to, I, you can almost like feel us wrestling with Texas on this album. 
Yeah. It, yes. It, yes. There, 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 there's like there's a there's a tension that exists in the in the recordings and the song. It's not always like a tension that is um you know jagged or 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 um or violent. Uh, it's, it's a tension that sometimes is really you know for forlorn and and sort of pensive. Um, right. But uh, yeah, but there's a lot of there, there's you know we are you know we're we're trying to figure this place out together you know and trying to you know you record in a place where you're in the middle of nowhere in the middle of nature uh and you you kind of have to become one with it right right we're sort of going through that now with covid right it's like this idea that you know we're all hunkered down inside and you hear all these stories about how you know the fish are coming back to the Venice canals and there's like deer walking down you know main street usa and you know like nature's sort of creeping back in again because we're not pushing it back and i think that's sort of like the vibe of the album in a way it's like you know how do you sort of coexist with what's around you versus trying to push it back or ignore you know that, that it's happening to you and um in a place like Wimberley, you know it's it's it was easy for me at least to sort of succumb and to coexist uh with with my environment and and you can feel that you can feel the recording I mean, it's, it's a big you know open record yeah uh, and, and that, that, that texas is you know, obviously big and open and I love that too. Um, you know, one of the things that I both love and frustrate me about Texas are exactly what you're saying in that Texas in is in and of itself a character, right? I mean, there's, um, <laughs> I joke around when people are like, how can Texas be different from any other state? You know, it's just, it's just one state. And I, I point them to, there's a, there's a movie called Bernie and there's a, it's like mixed with, um, real footage and, and scripted movie and there's a old man that divides texas up into a metaphor into into like regions and they draw a cartoon map next to him and he's he talks about like you got dallas here you got houston there you got west texas you got east texas you got south texas you got austin and and it's really and he has a lot of humor to it and he talks about how each section of texas is like its own state and I always point people to that and I say, that's, it's accurate. I mean, you, wherever you go <laughs> in Texas, it's like you're in a different state, even though you're still within the same state. But I tell you what, even, even to this point that there is a lot of difference between Austin and Dallas and El Paso, for example, most of the native Texans that I know and people that have come to Texas are still very protective and also frustrated by the state and the kind of attitude of it. And so to talk about how you really feel that kind of struggle and that love hate relationship, I think is very natural to being a native Texan. And I love the fact that the personality of the locale is reflected within, within the album. Cause, cause I, I felt that too, a hundred percent and, and could really feel that throughout, throughout. And so to hear you talk about that is oh, tremendous. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I, 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 always, I joke with people. You know, to, I, it became very clear to me early on moving here how, like, you know, every uh, sort of city resident of Texas hates every other city except their own. Right. They're all agreed on. <laughs> they're all agreed on that Texas is great. Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, like, don't don't bash the state, but it's fine to bash every other city that you don't live in within the state. Right. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is uh, such a funny thing. Yeah. But it, and it's and it's yeah, I've, I've been a lot of places. You know, lived for a lot of places as well. And there is a you know state pride. It's kind of a rare thing. I mean, there's certainly civic pride. You know, New Yorkers, you know, meaning New York City, obviously, you know, very prideful of you know, New York and, you know, Philadelphians are prideful of Philadelphia and, 
you know, Los Angeles, I mean, on and on and on. But you know, it, there's not a lot of states, you know, where there's not a lot of states where people are like wearing like the name of the state on their shirt. Right, you know? <laughs> Pennsylvania. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, there's there's definitely like a state pride here that that goes I think deeper than a lot of other states. Um, right. And it's funny how how yet you know they they sort of you know Houstonians can't stand you know. Oh yeah, no, not at all. Like I still can't stand my friends from Houston, right? But also, like both of us will will defend Texas forever. But but also we hate each other. Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I always I always tell I always tell people Houston is like the um, the stepchild of uh, of Texas, and my Houston friends say the same thing about Dallas. So it's the same. It works both ways, but but in, <laughs> enough about Texas. Let's de- dig into the album itself. Let's talk about the first single that you had released from this, "Counting Down the Days." And there's a there's a line in there. I might be paraphrasing it, but about um, counting down the days until you leave Frisco, Texas, if I'm remembering yeah. correctly. So talk me That's through correct. the the origin of that song, and specifically um, the 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 lyrics about about leaving Texas. So this is gonna be challenging for me because you know, it's funny. Uh, I'll, I'll say that for you know, my goal with this album uh, on nearly every song was to write in a way lyrically where I was being. Um, how do I say this? I, I really wanted to release my, my need uh, to be understood. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah okay. And, and, and when blues music, in particular, you know, is a music that. Is, is easily understood lyrically, right? That's part of its beauty and part of its, you know, it, it, part of its beauty is in its simplicity, right? You know, right. Eagle flies, I mean, there's some, there's some metaphor, you know, Eagle flies on Friday or, you know, you know, the lemon juice dripping down my leg or whatever. I mean, there's, you know, there's, all, there's all sorts of sort of beautiful sort of, you know, sexual and sort of social metaphors going on. Right. Right? But they're easily understood and it's largely, you know, you want to get laid, you want to drink, you, yeah. you're, you're pissed off at your boss or whatever. Um, and, and, and I love that about some, there's a certain amount of freedom in that. Um, but, but, you know, I start off as a singwriter, a songwriter, singer songwriter, and, and, you know, sort of the, you know, folk, I guess, area. And I really wanted with this album to sort of, you know, um, draw a line between my singer songwriter past and, and, and my current sort of blues life. Sure. And, and, the, and the way to do that was, there were some ways to do that musically. That's, that's definitely on the album, but, you know, the, the easiest way and the most sort of most satisfying way I could do it was to allow myself to write lyrics that were more impressionistic, more expressionistic mm. than you'd find in a typical, you know, blues song. Uh, and so, um, and, and I wanted, you know, because the songs I love so much are songs where, you know, the, the meaning is not necessarily, you know, it's sort of inferred, but not spelled out. Right. Uh, and, and, and the listener can sort of make it you know, whatever they want to make it and therefore, you know, get some greater you know, ownership over it. And so, um, so I'm a little, I say, I say all that, I'm a little reluctant to just spell it all out, but, no, but it's okay. I'll say that, you know, with, with um, you know, Canada Days, it was the first song I wrote for the album. Um, I'll say, you know, all, all these songs, nearly every song was a co-write between me and Dr. Roberts. So nice. Dr. Wrote, wrote the music, I wrote the lyrics and, and, and that was a real gift for me because I could really dive in you know, deeply to crafting lyrics and, and, and to really sort of, I think I'm a, you know, I, I'm a lyricist beyond anything else. You know, sure. my, my musical knowledge is, is, is limited outside of harmonica. Um, and so to have the doctor sort of provide these really beautiful, you know, hooks and licks and, and these melodies 
just really allowed me to go deep into just really, you know, crafting lyrics, I think in a much more, you know, uh, thoughtful craftsman way than, than, I, than I might otherwise. But that song was first, and that, that line came out first, like, can't know they saw the Leafs Texas. I, um, it's the very embodiment of that love-hate relationship. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, not, you know, and, and, and it's, it's pouty, and it's angry, and it's, and it's sort of, um, you know, and, um, and when it came out, it, it, it scared me. I mean, there's a few lyrics in this album that when they first came out, I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I... But it, became, it quickly became sort of a metaphor, right? I mean, Frisco could be anywhere. You know, Frisco can be, you know, Canton on the I leave, you know, Boise, Idaho, Canton on the I leave, you know, Galveston, you know, right. you know Orange County, whatever. It's yeah. sort of the idea is that, like, you know, everyone's got a place they want to get the hell out of. for however long um and and that sort of so it quickly went from like you know my own you know literal poutiness <laughs> to, <laughs> to uh to metaphor and and then the rest of the song sort of goes on from there and it's really in my mind it's sort of like the ultimate sort of you know get out of dodge you know yeah song. i was i sort of imagine like you know, you know some bonnie and clyde kind of figures you know top down and sort of like yeah down the highway um, right it's, really, it's a great driving so I, had, I had a guy who um put a message what you, he contacted me i think on my our youtube channel or somewhere on social media uh and he works in denton uh and talked about how he you know drives to work every day blasting that song <laughs> you know, to a job he can to a job he hates and to you know it's sort of and i, I, I there's such a great you know just to, that's what you want as a songwriter to sort of uh you know, have someone you know come to you and tell you that this song is a uh, yeah, that they've taken ownership over it emotionally. Which right. Is, it was just a great gift. Yeah. There are so many songs, I think. Well, let me back up. I think it's important to have those songs which resonate with you on a personal level where you just have this, like, you know, anthem song where you're, it's just like, it's for your mood. It's for the situation. It's where you're just like, you know yeah. what? I just got to get up and get going. Like, I got to. I gotta, I gotta do something more, more for this, uh, for this life, for me in this instant. And whether that's short term, long term, anything in between, I think it's, it's incredible. And, and I really, it, it's true. I listened to that song and I was just like, okay, all right, this is, we're setting the tone. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting going. Let's do it. And I, I loved yeah. it. I loved it, man. No, it was great. It was fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's big. I mean, it's it's a thing about you know, it, it's a very Texas song in a way. It, it's big and it's yes. full open space, and it's and I and I sing and play in a way that is you know more sort of you know full throated and sort of barrel chested in a way that yeah happened before happened before and it's um and the thing it is in the posturing thing. I mean, it's sort of it's, it's there's a rawness to that. There's a, there's a few songs in the album where you know, it's the original demo vocal. Um, oh, that's, that's awesome! Like that, that vocal is like the first time I sang the song, um, and it was just all this sort of, you know, rage and heartache and you know, confusion. Um, it, 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 
I couldn't top it. And so that, 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 that demo vocal made it all the way through. That's fantastic, man. It, um, I do love it. I, I feel like one of the things that I do love about it is the, the Texasness of, a, of it all. Right. So it's, it's like, um, it's not, a uh, like, a uh, uh, putting on airs. It is a posturing, right? It's like, a, I'm standing here. I'm standing bold. I'm standing strong in my, in my, in who I am and what I have to say. And I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it loud. I'm going to say it proud. And it might not be what you want to hear and it might not be right, but it is what I wholly believe to be true. And I heard a line the other day where someone talked about like, um, the bet, like you have to always speak truth. And it talked about the fact that it was a documentary filmmaker. And he said, we, our job is to capture the truth. And he said, just because some, like someone might be telling like a lie, but it's their truth. Like it may not be a lie, lie, but it might not be like wholly accurate, but it's like, it's their truth. So it's still truth and we're still capturing it. And so I say all that to say, I think it's important to stand firm, plant your flag in the ground and, and sing your truth and speak your truth. And, and I think that's what to me embodies the idea of a, of a true authentic Texas feeling song. And so I love, that's what I got from counting down the days oh, and, thanks, and it was fantastic. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's, yeah. let's transition a little bit to, um, I want you to walk me through, um, the pity and the pain. What was your kind of background in crafting this particular song and where did this one come from as opposed to counting down the days? So that is really the, the only I guess, you know, true autobiographical song on the album. I mean, everything else is sort of a mishmash of fact and fiction and, sure. and you know, and just sort of you know, outright wordplay, you know, for the sake of wordplay or you know, just writing couplets you know, that, that, that feel you know, good on the tongue. Uh, but, but that song is, is relatively autobiographical. It's about my divorce. All the places I've been that now begun to box me in you have to carry on from here Keep your sweet self clear Of the pity and the pain The fear your heart contains That, that's what brought me to Texas. You know, yeah. divorce, and my, my kids were here, and um, I wanted to be near my kids. And you know, I was married for nearly twenty years, and um, you got married while still be young, and uh, and we had a really you know beautiful marriage until we didn't. You know? Yeah. Um, there's a line that song that says, uh, "You know, when we was good, we was great," uh, and then that's my last apology. And mm. uh, yeah, it, it's um, yeah, it, it's a really it's the personal tune. Um, I mean, obviously, a few a few of the, the sort of uh, you know, details are somewhat you know, fictionalized just for purposes of sure. know, singing it. But it's, um, but yeah, it, it's, and that's another one where I, where I first wrote that, I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I can sing this. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it was, um, but it helped me. You know, that, that song helped just sort of move me, you know, past it. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, a divorce is such a painful thing. It's like this, you know, scar that just takes forever, forever to heal. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, writing that song and recording it and playing it for my ex-wife, 
uh, which I did just a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, that whole process was ultimately really healing and then sort of helped close the wound a bit, helped me sort of get the whole thing in the past tense because for so long it just felt like I was, you know, like I'm like, I'm, it's almost like you're married, but not married. You know, yeah. like, at what point do I, at what point can I stop feeling guilty? At what point can I like, you know, move on? At what point can I you know, say I'm divorced and not sort of like feel like I'm, you know, a failure inside? Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, um, you know, you know at what point can I, you know, build, you know, a home for my kids sort of on my own terms, you know, and I have always compared to what you know, our old home used to be and on and on and on and on and on. And, and, and so that song really, um, really, really helped to, uh, to move me forward you know, in, in my process. Yeah. I think it's very beautiful. The, the nature in which we will use a piece of art in this case, music to, to almost exercise some demons, get some closure, really turn the page. And I think it, it can be difficult to achieve that in the day to day. And that's the wonderful thing about music is that you are able to have this outlet to really put a fine point on this chapter of your journey for sure. Yeah, you know, I used to always write from that point of view. I mean, mo most of the stuff I wrote, you know, for years was, was fairly you know, autobiographical in, in some way. And it came from a, you know, my, my primary motivation as a writer was to try and figure myself out right. know, uh, in a way that I found difficult to do otherwise. And so the act of, of, of writing, you know, as self-exploration was really effective for me. And, um, but I got to when I started playing blues, and one of the things I liked about it was that it gave me a break for myself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I, and so you know, when I first started playing blues, I didn't write at all. I didn't desire to write music. I, I was perfectly happy singing Muddy Water songs, and, you know, Howlin' songs. And then when I started writing blues songs, I just wanted to, it was fun to write just you know fun little things because you know, like we talked about earlier, you know, some of you know, blues songs are just fun little. You know, they're, they're ditties in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and so with, you know, it, it was interesting to sort of come to this album where, you know, I, I wanted to explore my singer-songwriter self again. Yeah. After not having done it for a while, but I didn't want to do it from the same place. I didn't sure. want to write a confessional album or I really wanted to explore language. I wanted to play with language. I wanted to, um, you know, write something or write songs that you had lots of room for interpretation. Sure. Um, but, you know, but, you know, that one song, you know, the pain, the pain was sort of a, a little bit of the exception. to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Now I want to transition. Uh, there's two more songs I really want to touch on that are two of my favorites. Sure. Um, the first one is I really, I want to dig into troubled man. I love that song. And I just absolutely love, like, I, I can't get the beat out of my head. I can't get the lyrics. I just, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And you had a, a guest vocalist on that song as well. Am I correct? Yeah. Ruthie Foster. Who's, yes. Uh, who's an Austin native. Yeah. Uh, Austin blues, a singer and guitarist, Ruthie Foster. So fast, I stand up 
So how did you get connected with her and know that she was the right fit for this particular track? You know, I got introduced to her through my publicist. I'd not heard okay. of her, um, I'm, I'm embarrassed to say. Um, <laughs> and we, we knew we wanted, you know, I really wanted a strong female presence on the whole album. And, and, and uh, some people have noticed that on, on the liner notes, for those who have a physical copy of the album, uh, there's uh, you know sort of a group of singers we call the Sisterhood. Um, and, uh, and so nearly every song on this album has some female presence, uh, you know, in, in the form of, you know, vocals. And I really wanted, um, you know, a strong female presence on the album as sort of a, a, um, like a counterpoint, you know, to, to what was yes. going on, you know, with the, with the lyrical content and sort of and the idea of the brotherhood. Uh, so, um, I, I knew I wanted a, a, a duet on that song um and um yeah my publicist introduced me to ruthie and her, her work and she's just got this earthiness and this groundedness in her voice that um was just perfect i mean then i heard her i'm like oh my god that, that's perfect and she was really gracious and you know, we sent her a demo of the song and she loved it right away um and she uh we had, we had a long conversation about sort of you know what it was about not in the literal sense but sort of like you know, the, the themes, I guess, in it. And, um, you know, it, it, it's a song about, um, you know, prideful ignorance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just, you know, and it's a lot of what goes on in our culture right now. It is, it is uh, you know, supremely uh, embodied by our president. Yep. And, um, and this sort of idea that you can just um, ignore you know, all facts and ignore all... Um, ignore all just sense of decency and just um, be able to justify whatever you need to justify because it works for you. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it's, uh, and it, so it wasn't, you know, born, you know, in the last election, it's been around forever and it will keep being around. Um, but it seems, you know, particularly unleashed right now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so it, it's about that sort of, uh, you know, the, the danger of, a. Uh, of willful, prideful ignorance and, and those who sort of, uh, you know, follow in those kinds of steps. Um, and and the, you know, the, the key to that song really is, you know, the line, uh, you know, people believe what they want to believe, which, yeah, and, and then the groove, you know, it's funny, I'm happy to say that you like King of the Beerhead, because that, that's what another one was an example for. You know, that demo was just that guitar lick. It was the guitar lick and the vocal, and that was it. Yeah. Um, and Brady and CT like came up with this groove. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> groove. Yeah. It's like insane. And and the groove was so good that we kept repeating that refrain at the end on the demo of that song. That end bit, you know, goes on like half as long. Oh um, wow! But it, the groove was still cool. I, I couldn't stop singing. People believe what they want to believe. I said, people believe. It was just a so fun to sing right like, yeah uh, and so that became like sort of the hook of the song um but uh yeah that, 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 that's far and away the most popular tune on the album right now it, yeah it's really uh it, it, it's it's caught on and, and people uh it, it, you know people seem to get uh get what we're talking about. <laughs> no, I absolutely love it. And one of the things, you know, you talk about a female, like a woman blues singer. And one of the things, like, you know, I mean, I absolutely love blues. It's far and away my favorite genre of music. And 
knowing like one of the things that I love, I love so much about the blues is it strips away to me. This is how I interpret it. And we touched on it a little bit the last time you were on, but it strips away a lot of the essences and, and, um, dressings and trappings of other music. And it's really just, like you said, the roots, it's the rawness of a human emotion explained through song. And that's what yeah. I love. And it's the human struggle and it's the humanity of it all. And it's the human condition and the human story. And I just love it. And I love it being told through a man's perspective. Cause it's really like, this is the, I got the weight of the world on my shoulders. I'm going through this. I'm getting through this. I'm rising above it. I'm celebrating all of it. But then I, f oh, I absolutely love flipping it and having a woman's perspective where it's that same struggle and that same perspective, but a totally different set of circumstances are placed on her shoulders and her perspective yeah. and what she's going through. And yeah. it's, it's, it, just gives you an entirely different appreciation. And like some of my favorite women blues singers, you got, um, uh, Brittany Howard of Alabama shakes. Oh, 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 I love her. And then you got ZZ Ward as well. She's done some fantastic yeah, collaboration with fantastic Negrito. And I yeah, just, yeah. I just absolutely love these different perspectives. And there's just like, I absolutely love, and I'm trying to remember the song from Alabama shakes. Um, but it is, one of the one of my favorite songs from them is uh, uh what is it? oh uh is it don't want to fight is that it or is it oh uh, yeah um oh don't always no yeah don't no, no yeah more. but it's uh, that, all, that one is one of my favorites it's always all right is the one that I'm thinking of always all right and oh, she okay. and she's just talking about you know this perspective and the journey and she's trying to have this relationship and this guy just wants one thing right and she's like fine I'll do it but then I got to go on to this next thing and it's just oh it's just I feel it in my bones every time she's singing yeah, it so she goes deep. yes she goes deep. and so and so when we think about this song as well a troubled man it just it brought that same kind of raw emotion to the forefront for me and it really really sticks in my head so i love i love that people are also feeling that same that same vibe from it as well <laughs> yeah thanks man it's um yeah you know having ruthie on there it's it, um yeah i mean to, yeah when you when you hear a lyric the same lyric song from both sexes it, yes uh, it, it, it makes it a yeah, you know, it, it, it digs the it digs a hole that's about you know ten feet deeper. <laughs> yes, so, yes. In a, in a good way. No, absolutely. So now I wanna I wanna as we're starting to close out, I really got to talk about Stranger Than Today. It's the first track on the album. It's the most recent single or the next single that had come out after uh, Countdown the Days. So I want to really talk about uh, what the perspective was for uh, both. Re crafting that song, deciding that was going to be the opening track of the album, and really just the story of the song. So you know, it's um, yeah, I love that song a lot, and it, it, it's um, it, it was there was a big debate about you know what to make, you know, the, what to open the album with, and, and for a while, you know, we all presumed to be counting down the, it's because it was for a single, and it's this sort of like. It's a quintessential sort of blues, rocky kind of tune, and it's big and it's Texas and all this kind of stuff. Right. Um, but I, I really, to me, Stranger Than Today, just you know, if, if anyone had to understand why I would, would, you know, share space, you know, and then move from you know albums where I was the only name on the album cover to you know sharing credit and to sort of you know um, 
you know, throwing down with, with, you know, with a bunch of, you know, guys and, and sort of, uh, you know, in, in communion, um, that song sort of answers your question, right? I mean, it's yeah. like that, that's a song that couldn't exist in any other musical environment for me. And so I, I felt like to have that song first, it's like, oh, clearly something different is going on here. Right. Now, at the same time, you know, a bit of a risk because, you know, I mean, blues fans are purists, you know, and, yeah. um, and, and, I, and I was worried you know, up until the album came out that, you know, a lot of our, you know, longtime fans and a lot of you know, blues fans overall would be, um, you know, would be dismissive or would say, what the hell is this guy doing? Particularly right. that song opens up with like an 808 drum machine. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's like the first thing you hear on the album is like a drum machine just for, you know, a couple of measures and, and then the guitar kicks in. So, I mean, there's a lot going on musically that's, that's outside of traditional blues music. Um, but I just felt I, I needed people to understand like right out front, like this is, um, a, you know, a, a different kind of journey. Um, and it's also very, you know, again, not to Texas, but it's very expansive. You can, you can feel the wide open space in that song. Yes. You know, it's got a lot of air and it's got a lot of open space and it's not a lot of lyrics in it. You know, it, it's a, uh, I can't remember the line. It's like a three minute something song. And there's only like, you know, two short verses and thing. You know, right. It's, it's almost like an, it's almost like an instrumental song in a way. Uh, so, yeah. So I'm, I'm I'm glad we opened up with it. It's sort of a you know a, a bit of a, a bold swing, and uh, and people get it. it. It's really it's been really just so gratifying to you know, read reviews and get notes from people and um, that people got it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's people have picked up on the second verse of that song. People, People presume the whole song's about Little Walter, who's a famous uh, oh, harmonica player. I love Little Walter, um, yeah. Because uh, the second verse begins with this, this line, uh, you know, Mr. Marion Walter Jacobs never said goodbye. Marion Walter Jacobs is, is Little Walter's uh, birth name. Right. Uh, and so people presume that the whole song is about Little Walter, which it's not. I mean, it's, it's actually two separate songs. Um, and so the first part of the song, with the whole, uh, you know, Tallahassee's honorary, uh, forget the surgeon fades away, the whole bit. Is actually one song that takes place in another time and place, and then the Marion Walters verse is is as people have rightfully uh, picked up on it, is sort of a, a semi-fictionalized take on on Little Walters' death. Um, mm. And and I'm not going to give away the first verse, and you know, I'm kind of not ready to talk about that. But sure. I um, but yeah, you know, I, I I sort of like the idea of like an homage to you know a famous Chicago blues man, blues harmonica player in the context of a song that's so not Chicago blues. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. That was sort of like the, the inside joke. Right? It's like, you know, I'm going to write this like loving ode to little Walter in a song. That's like kind of like the first thing away from a blues song. Um, and, and there's a couple of harmonica references that you know, like, I actually, for people who are like harmonica geeks, I actually, you know, uh, cop a couple of, you know, little Walter riffs within my harmonica solo. I recognize. Um, okay, I thought that I thought maybe I was going crazy, but that that's fantastic to to hear yeah. that confirmed. I love that. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, so yeah, so I love the song, and then my daughter Piper sings on it with me. So the, yes, the, the, that second verse is my daughter Piper, and the, and that was the, sort of the you know that's one of my favorite musical moments of my life is to you know, sing with my kid. You know, she's yeah. uh, 19 now and a uh, freshman at Boston University and she'd come home um, and we, we sung together and we did a music video for the song, which I'm also really proud of, which is basically, you know, sort of a glorified home movie of a road trip we took from Dallas down to Austin. Um, and, and there's something really 
bittersweet about the you know that's in the song but it's really captured in the video of just the two of us working to you know remake our relationship sure know, and, and in, the, in the wake of a divorce and in the wake of a move and in and in the wake of her early steps into you know adulthood and you know moving away for the first time and this is all this you know the complications of of, of all that or, or you can really feel it in that video with us it's like there's a real um it, it's, a, it's a really bittersweet you know tender sort of video um that, that I, I i sort of didn't even guess would end up that way but you really even feel sort of the, the fragility and and, and, the, and the and the deepness of our relationship in that video which i'm so just grateful for that that little thing we got together i love it if there is one last thing you want people to take away from this latest album what would it be Whatever they want to take away from it. I hope that, yeah, I, more than what, what they take away from it, I hope they come to it, you know, with an open mind. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, Rev, if people want to follow you and see what you're up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, SeanAmos.com. Perfect. S-H-A-W-N-A-M-O-S.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Rev, for coming back on the show. And uh, here to play us out is the Reverend Sean Amos and the Brotherhood. Tallahassee's honorary, forgetful servant, fades away. Parish never shall be seen.